Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. Got a great show for you this week. We're going to be looking at the technology and pop culture of sci-fi. Talking about Star Wars, Star Trek, and a lot of the other episodes that are out there that are really worth the while to watch and some that are not. Jeremy and Gretchen, welcome to the show. Hey. Hi there. So if you had to choose Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Like you really think both? so? I like them both. Yeah. I like them I both really too and for different, for different reasons. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeremy, why do you think Star Wars is better than Star Trek? Well, it's just my personal opinion, but I've, I, I grew up, I didn't get to see the original series much, but a friend of mine had taped uh, Star Wars off of HBO, and I watched that a lot. And you know, I think that was why I'm kind of the other way around. I like Star Wars. Um, I do agree that some of the earlier movies were a little bit better and stuff. I like the series. I like Clone Wars a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but I grew up with Star Trek. In fact, I didn't even really know about Star Wars until much later on, and then I went back and watched the movies and liked it. In fact, it was you guys getting me to do the Wookiee cosplay yep. that I had to go and figure out what a Wookiee was, and uh, <laughs> that got me into it. Savage so, bear. So anyway, Savage we're going to talk bear. about this a lot more in the, in the episode today and just have some fun with it and kind of look at some of the different things. Uh, we are hoping that the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas comes off, so we'll talk about that a little bit more. We'll be there if it's safe to do so. But first, we've got our technology news for the week. Our news this week is brought to you by our friends over at wearetechnology.com. Get your website, your phone app, whatever you need for your business technology-wise. Get it caught up before we go back to work. That way you can come out with something new and something fresh. wearetechnology.com. What do we have in the news this week? Equifax coughs up. That yeah, sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> kind of is. You know, okay, so... What we're talking about here is the settlement for the data breach. And in this data breach, anybody that doesn't remember, one out of about every two Americans had their personal information compromised in some way. And Equifax has been ordered to pay a settlement where everybody was supposed to get about $125. The only problem is no one has. However, rest assured, the banks are getting their money. Yay. So what it looks like is happening is Equifax is actually paying damages to most of the banking institutions for the inconvenience and time it took them to correct the problems with their customers' accounts being compromised. I have no comment. This is the news. What is our next item? <laughs> EasyJet has been hacked. EasyJet Easy is an airline. I have oh. flown them once. Uh, they're based out of the United Kingdom. And 9 million records have been compromised. And right now, with everything that's going on with travel stopping, it's not a good time, not that it ever is, for your airline to get hacked. They're yep. dealing with this. They said they'll let everybody know one-on-one -on -one that actually has had their information compromised by the end of May. And they're dealing with it, and it looks like they legitimately are. But it just goes to show again that the lock on the door when you're online is like the lock on your front door. You bigger, stronger lock is good, but there's really no way to completely block it. So vigilance. Watch your accounts, like with everything. You see anything unusual, deal with it right away. Google blocks more than 100 million phishing emails every day. So next to robocalls, phishing emails is one of the biggest scams that's causing a lot of problems. And right now we're talking about Google, but most email systems do this. Microsoft is actually implementing AI to help with some of this. 
And what it is, is that before the email gets to your inbox, the started is what was called a spam filter, which still exists. But as technology increases, the bigger companies and the smaller ones are building up their technology to be able to isolate and block absolute fraud emails before they even get to you, which is a great thing because it saves us from having to deal with it. And I actually got caught on this on Amazon a couple of weeks ago. I was in a hurry. An email came in that said, your order has been delayed. I clicked on the link. Fortunately, I figured it out before um, I actually inputted my password. But it's very easy to do, and they are getting better at making these look real. Now, if you get a phishing email, something like this, there are email addresses that you can send them off to. We talked about this on Tech Wednesday a couple of weeks back over at TheAnswerPortland.com of where you can send these. So spoof at Amazon.com, you forward the email to them if it's an Amazon email. Spoof at SquareUp, which is another big one for Square that takes the credit cards. So there's all kinds of ways to report this, and they actually do take it seriously, and it's free to do, of course. But be very careful. They're out there. They're trying to create the technology to block them, but as the technologies improve, the bad guys also seem to be able to improve ways to get around it. And it's just this old cat and mouse game that continues to go on. CBS announces Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So we're going to be talking about this in a little more detail later in the show this week and next week on sci-fi, and we're doing a two-parter on Star Trek. What do you think of this, Jeremy? Another new series. Well, I mean, it could be cool. What I'm hoping is that since it's from the Discovery era setup, that they don't take the Discovery technology gap that we have and transfer it over to what the Enterprise is going to look like, because we know what the Enterprise is supposed to look like. Right, right. And other series that have shown the Enterprise from, you know, the next generation back did a good job to recreate that and not make it look weird. So I'm hoping they don't make it look weird with having too much high tech stuff that wasn't there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's, you know, I I agree with you. I think it's going to be how they pull it off. I think they did a nice job on Picard and I think it's worth watching some of these. And uh, this is going to be the next one that's coming out. And I'm even hearing a rumor that there's an animated series. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. What's next? You might be paying $6.42 extra for your coffee. And all I can say is it better be a really, really good coffee. Yeah, this is on top of the five bucks you're probably already paying at your favorite coffee shop. So So who is this? Where where is this coming from? This was an interesting thing to dig into. And right now, a lot of us are having food delivered and using services like Grubhub. And I'm just picking on them, but there's a lot of them out there that will pick up your food and, and deliver it to your house or your office or wherever you happen to be. The one thing about this is, is a delivery fee is charged to the restaurant. Sometimes the restaurant will charge a flat rate delivery fee based on what you order. There's an minimum amount you have to buy and that type of thing, but this still does come off the top and it's about $6.42 of actual money they charge. But here's where this gets a little bit weird. A lot of people, and I myself am included with this, if I'm going to place an order, especially if I'm going to go pick it up, I'm going to call the restaurant that I want to go to and order it directly, you know, save them the money. A lot of restaurants are small business, and right now supporting that, especially in the service industry, is really important. But what's been happening here is the way that this works is your delivery company creates a phone number that forwards to the restaurant. And what they're starting to do is promote it better than the restaurant's own website. So when you go to Google or Bing or something and look it up, The phone number you're actually getting says it's for the restaurant and it goes to the restaurant, but it's actually going through the delivery service. So whether or not you end up having it delivered or place the order or deal with it, the restaurant's still having to pay this amount because the order happened to go through this other thing. 
The restaurants are not allowed to post their own phone number through companies like Grubhub, so it, it has to work this way. And since restaurants are generally good at making food, and a lot of them do it very well, but they might not be good at the technology end of it or as good as specialists, you're ending up in a situation here that just seems like, you know, I, if it you're seems using, kind of cruddy. Yeah, if you, I think that's the <laughs> way to way to sum it up. If you want to use their service, then that's fine, and paying for it's no problem. I'm not advocating that, but it just seems like if it's coming off the top and you don't know about it, and restaurants operate on such thin margins anyway, that this is just something to uh, you know something to think about. So, how do you get the re- uh, phone number from the restaurant? Best way is to look at their website directly. Or if you're there and they have a to-go menu or anything like that, get it. And those phone numbers generally will be the ones for the restaurant, but you can only use them if you're going to go ahead and pick up your meal or eventually dine in again, um, because if you have it delivered, then it would have to go through the delivery service. Windows 10X struggles with older apps. So let's talk about Windows 10X. Either of you hear this term before? No. No. Okay. Microsoft and Apple seem to both be promoting their operating systems this way, that when we hit version 10, we stop getting new numbers, mm-hmm. but they still update the operating system. So what's happening on the Apple end of it, they have different revisions that have different names. And on the Windows end of it, the most current one is 10X. So 10X actually looks very different than what Windows 10 would have been when you first got the upgrade a few years ago. And what they're trying to do now is something that I think actually has a basis in logic, but they're dealing with something called legacy software. So When you're on your Android device or even on your Apple device, most of the apps that are written for that have been made in the last 5-10 years, and they're generally updated and have to work with different versions and are vetted for that. Windows is an operating system that's been around for a long, long time. Windows 95, which of course was 95, which is now, what, 25 years ago? And there were versions before that that went into the early 90s, late 80s, is something that has been around for a very, very, very long time. And while Windows has moved ahead, some old apps have been discontinued that don't work for whatever reason. But one of the things that I like and one of the reasons I use Windows is because I can use a lot of software that may not be available or is stuff that I've already purchased and have the ability to get in it. So what Microsoft wants to do now is create kind of a one-size-fits-all version that will run on any piece of modern equipment. The problem they're having with it in this version called 10X is that what are called 32-bit apps don't work correctly anymore. And they're having performance problems and all kinds of other things. And uh, that's something that we'll have to see how they end up working this out. So this is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. We're back with User-Friendly 2.0. So, Jeremy and Gretchen, a while back, you recorded an interview, which was a review for a book. Yep. Yeah. And um, I just found this in our, there's a folder that we store stuff on, and I actually just found this, and we wanted to use it. We didn't have a chance to. And this was <laughs> done before the whole lockdown, so we were back, you know, at those days in studio and having a great deal of fun with that. She's going to be joining us on this, too. And uh, I think this is kind of cool. You know, right now in this time when we're having to stay home so much, reading is a big deal. And there's a lot of fun stuff out there that doesn't have to be a chore. Exactly. And there's a lot of neat things that are out there, even old things. 
you know, to yeah, read. Find anything in your library, any of the old books, any of the books you have on your, your Kindle or tablet or anything like that. Read anything you want. All right. I think that sounds like a very good idea. And with no further ado, let's talk about something to read as we go back to this interview. This is User Friendly 2.0. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. One User Friendly on Facebook and Twitter. User Friendly Nation online. You can pick up our podcast at that address. Check out the back shows. Check out last season. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. You can also call in at 503-766-6264. Jeremy and Gretchen, you have a book to review, and I believe the topic is Star Wars. I find that shocking. Oh, yeah, just terribly shocking. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like um, we don't read know, anything else. Yeah. You know, we have to say, I have to say this. When I want to know something about Star Wars, I ask Gretchen. Yes. <laughs> Gretchen is, and, and Jeremy to a certain extent, but Gretchen is, would be a Star Wars expert. Gee, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if George Lucas needed to know something about Star Wars that he asked Gretchen. So yeah, it's, and, uh, and I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised either. I've never met anybody who knows as much about. And there you've, are, and you've there actually, are people who know more. And, <laughs> and you have actually, you've actually written or working on a book. Mm-hmm. Your yeah, own Star Wars that's, book. That's the reason why I know so much. That's part of the reason I, for I, I the research. I a lot yeah. of trouble uh, to, to read not only um, the books, but I look at the comic books, and I uh, the only thing I haven't been able to really research are the video games, because I don't really have access to them. Yeah, and, that's actually- and sometimes those are really important, because there's cool characters and gear that comes out of the games. And I hear we're getting some demo copies this year, too, of that to do some beta, so we're going to actually be able to bring that in here. Now, the book this week is Scoundrels, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, Timothy say? Timothy's on. Zon, Zon, okay. Yeah. yeah. This is part of the Legends um, stuff, so this would not be considered canon. And um, What do you mean by canon? Canon is... Uh, so would that, the be official, the, would that be the nine, nine stories that... The that nine Luke, movies. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that Lucas wrote. That's right. the canon? Well, that, it, it's, that's considered canon, but it also adds in... Um, uh, Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars cartoons made by Disney. Yeah, and yeah. those are really good too. Those are considered canon as well. Yeah. And I think the cartoon Resistance. What about Mandalorian? Uh, Mandalorian would have to be. Yeah. I, yeah. I believe it is, but I, I see, I don't know about how, how if that's actual canon. I'm assuming it is because they're talking about how it ties into the stuff with the First Order. Okay, real quick. So. Define canon. Because a lot of people aren't going to know the what official, canon it's is. It's the official storyline of the accurate truth of the story. That's accepted by Disney as the real Star Wars universe. So there are things there are things and characters that have been put into kind of like on a shelf to the side, whether it's ex- expanded, expanded universe yeah. or, or legends. There are still characters that are Star Wars, but they're no longer like uh, mainstream. And Gene, to make this even a little more confusing, is when Star Wars transitioned from Lucas to Disney, there were things that were canon that became not canon when Disney picked it up. Yeah, so it's okay. really confusing. So, yeah, trust I'm confused. Me. In some ways, exactly. writing software is easier. So, yeah. anyway, <laughs> tell, tell us about, me the, about book. the book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this particular book has uh, some some characters that we're all really familiar with, like Chewbacca, Han Solo, Lando Calrissian. And some new characters. And uh, this is not the normal Star Wars story. This is like a great heist. Uh, like a, Ocean's uh, Eleven. Oh, yeah, Ocean's Eleven, exactly. Oh. And I really like the way um, Timothy Zahn handles Han Solo and Lando Calrissian. Um, there was a book just recently that had these two characters in it. And I didn't really care for the way the author handled the characters. 
I always see Luke, not Luke, sorry. I always see Han as being intelligent, maybe a little quirky, sometimes possibly making a few rash mistakes, but he he's natural swagger. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. And this other writer um, kind of made him into an idiot. And then with Lando, I always see Lando Calrissian as being suave, sophisticated, intelligent, well under control. And this other writer uh, made him angry and, and, and almost violent. And that was, to me, that's not Lando. Lando Calrissian is sophisticated. Okay. Um, Jeremy, you read this as well. So mm-hmm. what were your feelings? Well, this is like your base. This is one of the only heist novels from Star Wars uh, that I've ever come across. And it's, it's well thought out. It's well planned. They have to recover something and they got to, there's like a, it's a, it seems like it's a 90 step process. <laughs> now, now, you, you, now you, you, uh, I've reached out to this author and I'm trying to get him on the show and I'll, I will keep reaching out to him. And he actually responded to me. I don't have time, but, uh, but I'm going to try to get him on. You like this guy yes. you, yeah, you, you, yeah. because you were the one who to- told me about him. You, right. you like his work yeah. compared, to, uh, compared to other. Would he be the best of the bunch, maybe? And there's quite a few of them that are pretty good. Uh, I could try and look at some of our library to see who some others are that maybe we'll have time. Yeah. It is, now, how many books does he have? This um, is just one, right? There's, no, he's got a lot of books. There's two different trilogies and a bunch of other single stories that he's got for star Wars. And, um, he wrote the first, uh, set of books after, uh, return of the Jedi. Yeah. So it was like, we were assuming that that's where this was going to go. And so my understanding is he has 14 books. Wow. Oh, 14? Okay. That's wow. what I've heard. Yeah. No. Uh, and, and that also includes books that are not star Wars. Yeah, that's true. He's, yeah. he's an author. Yeah. He doesn't just write for the star Wars universe. Right. By the yeah. way, he lives in Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> With, well, okay, Just thought I'd throw that out there. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's a very important detail. That's, yeah, I did. We're in Oregon. Yeah, well, <laughs> so well, now that, we that's have Star Wars, my Star Wars knowledge. Right there, there we go. Yeah. Summed up. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you've got your ninety-step heist book, and you've got you know you've got different characters doing all the different roles of you've got a you know you've got the the tech guy and the research and the planning and the front man, and they go through this giant convoluted pe- plan to get the thing and get out. And it's a really good book. It's a fun book. It is. It's yeah. an adventure. Yeah. Which is what I really loved about the original Star Wars, is Cowboys in Space. Space it was Cowboys, so much yeah. Fun. Type, type, and yeah. this is that. Well, this so. is like Ocean's Eleven in space. Yeah, space <laughs> uh, space, space Ocean's Eleven. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. No, I, it's one of the reasons why I've liked Mandalorian, and I just throw that out there, because it has that old-style mm-hmm. kind of feeling of the story that you really want to get into it, and you want him to be successful, even though he's not really the good guy or the bad guy, but somewhere, you know, it's, it is what he is kind of thing. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, I, uh, I think that uh, reading some of the books and some of these type of things actually keep the franchise going, because it gives you something you can do if you don't like the current setup of some of the media that's being made. You have something else to look at, and reading is a big deal and very important and something that you can do here and actually enjoy it. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. 
So we were just looking back at your interview with us, the books in the last section, and we're actually going to be talking Star Wars in the next section. So I thought in the middle here, it might be a good idea to talk about the other big sci-fi you know, series that's out there. And there's a lot of new content being made for, and that's Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, there was even uh, when one of the Comic-Cons that we went to, there was a comparison between Star Trek and Star Wars. So tell us, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, what is the real the difference between the two? I know that's a big question, but just broadly. That's an enormous question. Um, Star Trek is sent, uh, set in what I would call a realistic world mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it remembers our current history. And um, it's about exploration of humanity into space. Yeah, it, it is the, it, like, if science keeps evolving, it's humans going out into the stars, discovering other alien races, uh, coexisting peacefully with some of them. But it's not, um, it's not fantasy. It's not, not, like, not like, oh, there's space wizards and laser swords and, you know, millions of alien races that want to kill each other in a galaxy f- Far, far away. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> else. Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so Star Wars is completely fictional. It is not set in our reality whatsoever. You should not use any of our reality no. as a reference. I mean, and I, a lot of people work really hard to give it that feeling of being way out there, not us. While Star Trek, you know, you'll see uh, San Francisco sometimes referred to. Yes. You know, one of the things with me, too, with Star Trek is it was something I grew up with, actually, a little bit more than Star Wars. And in many ways, it was looking at like a good possible scenario for the future, at least up until they rebooted it, of what humanity could be. And there was something very positive about that. And then the movies, when they rebooted it, so they've made a different, a second set of movies that use the original characters from the 1960s with new actors. I think they casted it very well. You get the comparison. Everything's very real from that standpoint. But it seems like it got very dark in some ways. Uh, there seems to be a trend to taking things that are really positive and upbeat and hopeful and giving them a dark, a kind of creepy twist. And I'm not really sure why there's this trend, but um, I find it kind of sad because Star Trek always was about a positive, hopeful future. So for anybody that doesn't know, Star Trek has a couple of different, or actually a number of different parts to it. So the original series came out in the 1960s, and that was the one that kind of set it off. It ran for a couple of seasons and then was canceled by CBS, yep. and, but it was enough to create a really intense fandom. And then in the 1970s, you had several movies come out, as well as a Star Trek cartoon. And um, that was interesting. And I know a little later in that, there was something called Star Trek II. I've got a couple of those scripts. It was never produced, but it was something they were looking at doing. But your next real run of it, you saw with Star Trek The Next Generation, which I believe was the early 90s. Yes. And um, that ran for seven seasons, I believe. And that was the one with Captain Picard, Patrick Stewart. And was really well received. It's fun to watch. I still watch the reruns of it today. And then you had a couple of spinoffs, Deep Space Nine, uh, which yep. is a show set in their universe about a space station and all the stuff that goes on that, almost like a space soap opera in some ways. Um, yeah, actually, that one was very soap opera-ish, but it was really well written and well acted. Yeah. yeah. No, it was very well done. And, uh, you know, I thought with that, Especially considering if you're if you're on a spaceship, you have all kinds of different things you can use for your storylines. If you're on a space station, that is somewhat limited because you're limited to one location. 
And it seems like with that, they were able to really run with that and have a good cohesive storyline that runs through a war and all kinds of things over the space of it. And uh, really kind of gets you from the start to finish. And it's one of the only ones that I felt like they didn't try to hurry up and rush the end, which I think they did do on Enterprise. Yeah. Which is another. Yeah, we, I, I hated the ending. We, Sorry. we will not speak of the ending of Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, it just Enterprise is another series that was set very early in the Star Trek universe, like just when they had gotten the warp drive or the ability to, you know, fly faster yeah, with than the speed Jonathan of light. Archer. And I like the fact that they tried really hard, you know, even though they had better technology to make the stories. They worked really hard to try and make it appear yeah. to be older. There'd be a, a previous version of the Enterprise. Like they went, they, they did the dumpster diving thing and they got all the parts from other stuff. They didn't make new things, um, but they tried to recreate things like the transporter system. They went and looked at the Enterprise transporter system and figured out how to work backwards from there. So it looked like an earlier version. And you know what I think we're going to need to do? We're actually out of time. So I think let's pick this up a little bit more in a future week and talk a little bit more about this because there's a lot to the Star Trek universe that we haven't really been able to talk about. So it'd be kind of fun to look at it. And if everything goes well, we have a convention coming up this summer. I don't know if it's going to get produced or not, but we'll keep you in the loop. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Jeremy and Gretchen, you have a card game to review. Yes, we do. It's really interesting. I was replying to a Facebook ad about, um, it looked like, variations on Cards Against Humanity. Apparently, they're all pirated versions. All right, so let's start. Cards Against Humanity is what? It's a a card game for people who um, hate other people and want to make fun of them. (laughs) You know, it's a great game. Okay. Yeah, it's if, awesome. If, if, you're a, if you are a cynic or really have a very warped sense of humor, it's a wonderful game. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I, it is. Yeah. All right. So, and this game's called Cards Against Star Wars, this right? Is, yes. Cards Against Star Wars. Play your way to the dark side. Okay. Okay. Now, it, it's, you know, arrives in the, the standard box that looks like. Uh, someone produced it, but there's no copyright information on here. No printed by. No. There's no. Logos. There's no Lucasfilm. There's no Disney logo. There's no ownership whatsoever, and the instructions were really strange. Okay. But it's been fun. We've enjoyed playing it because it's 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 the same idea of make fun of Star Wars. So we're we were playing. Um, I, I just we, the first set of cards we went through had a a really. F- set of interesting cards that Gretchen came up with <laughs> before the dark times before the empire there was blank you know right and so you we, fill in the blank with the cards that you have in your hand and Gretchen's response was a confusing plot about trade that no one really understood so okay. so Which, it, 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 so basically these games are especially like the one with Star Wars if you know about Star Wars and you're a Star Wars fan you'll have fun making fun of what you love. So how do you play the game? You fill in the blank. Let's tell yeah. us what that means. So you like there's two cards. There's a, a set of blue cards and a set of white cards. And the blue cards have questions on them. Uh Palpatine became a Sith because of his hatred of blank. So you go through your cards and find the one that makes the most either the most sense or it's the funniest. Right, right. And it, it's just, it's along those lines. You've got answers like Carrie Fisher crying like the Rancor Keeper. Beekeeper! Oh, sorry, sorry. 
There's no bees. There's oh, no okay. bees. No bees in Star Wars. <laughs> no bees. Not as far as we know, unless you count Geonosian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're kind of buzzy. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's been an interesting game. Uh, we've, we've come across dozens of different variations on this. Apparently, there's a Disney one and a Muggle one. Oh, you said there was one for The Simpsons. Yeah, The Simpsons. So it's it basically, you, you, they're, pi- they're pirated. As far as I can oh, tell, they have to be. There's no copyright, so, yeah. and and the franchises are like really weird about letting you use their stuff without their permission. So, yeah, so I didn't intend to buy a pirated copy game of a game, but I did, and it's been so. Fun. So this is basically illegal. I, I would assume. I, I would. I would assume that uh, everybody's going to run out and try and find this game, and that's going to pop up lawyers. <laughs> the lawyers yeah. are going to start hunting for so, whoever so, made this. And it's important to point out, we are not legal experts on this show. But That's correct. No, it, but it just seems logical it seems strange, that yeah. there's no copyright information and no. there's no Disney logo or Lucas. So, Jeremy, how did you uh, find this game? Well, you, you'll know you're in trouble when the stormtroopers show up show at your, your yeah. door yeah. to, to confiscate your game. Yes. <laughs> I, I was uh, going through Facebook and I came across an ad. And it was, you know, you like Cards Against Humanity, maybe you'll like this. And it was... Uh, an ad for Cards Against Star Wars, Cards Against Disney, Cards Against uh, Harry Potter, which I think is called Cards Against Muggles. Um, it's just this variation of all these things. And I thought, well, you know, I like Cards Against Humanity. I'll just get this one because it's Star Wars. And I like that. And it, it's been fun. But now it's like, okay, who made this game? And where did my money go? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So, so how did, somebody in Korea. Yeah. Maybe. Know. Maybe. I mean, you know, that that actually does bid the question. And the thing of it is, is if this is something that really isn't licensed, then what, you know, what's going on here? It is made well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cards are nice. The box is nice. I mean, it's not like it's flimsy garbage. Right, right. Yeah, okay. It, it, if Comparing the two sets of cards, they're similar. So they went to a printer that did a nice job. And they're, they're laminated. It looks like they're, they're at least fairly waterproof, like a professional deck of cards. But- I don't know where, you know, who they, they obviously didn't have the authority to make this. And I don't think Disney or, or Lucasfilm is getting their share of any any sales. But, you know, it's a, it's a card game. It's a party game that we're going to enjoy playing. Now, Cards Against Humanity, in my opinion, is something that definitely you would play after the kids go to bed. Is this oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. 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 yeah, some of the cards in this are definitely that, uh, in that sometimes same vein. Even a, yeah, sometimes even after the adults go to bed. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are a few things that might be kind of vulgar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, that's part of the fun. So, all right, not going through that on the air. Now, do you recommend the game? Yes. Yeah, especially if you're a person that loves Star Wars. Or you like having fun playing card games like Cards Against Humanity. Or someone that had to sit through the movie last fall. But anyway, that's another topic (laughs) for you. (laughs) So, all right, we'll give us a actually any of the last three. Yeah, really, really. Oh, man, I'll tell you. But anyway, tell us a little bit more about the gameplay. Okay, well, you you get your same deck of of 10 cards, and um, you you switch picking the blue card between all the people who are playing. So you get one card... Uh, that's that's the question or you know fill in the blanks or whatever and you go through your deck of of 10 to figure out what you can play and what what the best or funniest or stupidest answer happens to be just like regular cards against humanity right right so and i think it's one of those games i think the more people you have the more fun it will be yes exactly yeah. it just two two players was we had a we had a blast but if you can get like four or five people and they're all playing you get a wider variety of answers that can be funny. But yeah, start, start, or, uh, 
the the humanity one is whenever we played it, we've had ten or twelve people. Yeah, right. and it's like you, you never stop laughing. No, no, yeah. no. It's it's hysterical, and it, this is the same thing. It's just Star Wars. So, I mean, you know, I, I can't say that you're going to find a copy easily, but if you do, you'll probably like it. Now, I think it actually is important to throw this out there, just considering what you've said. I've seen a lot of advertising on Facebook that is for fake stuff. I don't know if this is or isn't, but there are some things, especially with electronics, that can be counterfeit. So you do want to make sure you're getting what you're getting. Now, it sounds like you actually got the game. It's put together well, and it's fun to play. So it's the real deal from that standpoint. Just maybe, uh, you know, George Lucas and Disney don't know about it officially. And, and, uh, yeah, until now. And, and usually the fake stuff that you get on uh, stuff like is crap. Yeah. yeah, you know a lot no, of times. No, this is made well. Yeah, so except the, for the instructions. Yeah, yeah that's just, <laughs> but somebody's had to go through and think out the cards and deal with the questions and put it all together. So from that standpoint, uh, you know, it seems to be well done. But yes. uh, it is a situation where you definitely want to be careful. All right, Star Wars cards. What's the name of it? Cards against Star Wars. Cards against Star Wars. That's what it is. And you play can your way to the dark side. And there you are. This is user friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Great show this week. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of fun to look at these things, and uh, we had a great sci-fi show, and we're keeping our fingers crossed that it's safe to do so, and we can get to the Star Trek convention, and they still produce it. Right now, it looks like it's still at least in the plans. It's the first weekend of August at the Rio Hotel and Casino, or Rio Suites Hotel, actually, in Las Vegas. Cool. And uh, that one is a lot of fun. It's a creation convention. Creation is the company that's been doing these for many, many years. They've really oh, got wow. it down. And uh, I think it's going to be fun to get back to one of those. We're only going to go if it's safe to do so. But uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed. And I th think the rest of the country is, too, for that and a lot yep. of other reasons. <laughs> but, you know, talking about science fiction and seeing a lot of our technology today is kind of an idea has come out of these things, Star Trek, Star Wars, and so on. But they are hardly the only good sci-fi shows that are out there. And while we would need a lot more time to have the discussion about what's good and what's not and all the rest of that, I do want to talk about some of the things that are out there. One that I like is Stargate. Mm -hmm. Stargate is cool. Uh, we should also mention uh, Babylon 5. Farscape. Yep. Firefly. Firefly. So um, Fire, now Firestar Galactica. There's, that. There's two versions of that. Yeah. Um, so, you can go way back to like what is space nineteen ninety nine. Oh, there's uh -huh. yeah, that's going back uh, and not um, it's a little before nineteen ninety nine. I don't think we quite yeah, got yeah there. I know it's like oh <laughs> man, we, we missed we missed the deadline on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I still want my uh, my well maybe I don't flying car, but I can only like imagine how bad traffic might get with that. But anyway, uh, okay, now Bill, if you want to figure what self driving vehicles are like, you have to watch Upload. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. you guys have been recommending. Now, this is another series that's on Amazon Prime. Uh -huh. yep, I on have Amazon not Prime. had a chance to watch it, but from what you're saying, it's really good. It so is. We'll talk about this when we finally get Bill to watch the show. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now I'm not going to get a lot of uh, messages uh -huh, from that. We should ask our, our listeners which, which universe uh, that we mentioned do you want us to talk about next? Yeah, please do. Send it in. Because there's good a lot idea. of good things out there. And, you know, uh, I wanted to mention, um, we've talked about Stargate, which is a very interesting, different take on it. But then the other one is like Space Cowboys. 
Firefly, yeah. yeah. Firefly, yeah. And there's like there, there's a movie that, that goes with series. it. And you watch the movie before the series, right? Or is it the other way around? Well, you watch the series and then the, then movie. the movie. Okay, so yeah. that's the that's the order that it's in. And it's very worth seeing. It's one that I, honestly the first time I saw a few of them I didn't really care for, and then I kind of got into it later. And uh, you know, you look out there and there's a lot of different shows like this. Another one that I liked was Sliders. And uh, oh, our yeah, time right now makes sliders. me think of it. They had a, and then there's Quantum Leap too. Quantum yeah, Leap, yeah, one. that was a good one. And uh, John Doe was another really good oh, one that was out yeah. for a little while. You know, so there's a lot of stuff out there. And if you're looking for things to watch, most of these series are on one of the online platforms. And what we might need to do is put an article together for Tech Wednesday, talking about you know where to go to stream all of this stuff. Good idea. And until next week, this is User Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2020, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at TheAnswerPortland.com or UserFriendlyShow.com.